Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, Season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. BTOsports.com, the nation's leading online realtor. Check out uh, BTOsports.com for anything you need for your bike or body. They carry it all. Proud sponsors of the BTO Sports .com KTM team, if you're an international guy, btosports.com pulls no punches with their prices. The price there is uh, what you're going to pay. Check that out as well. Save some money using the code PULPMX. And uh, also presented by Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. What more can you say about Fox Racing? Rocks and Dungy, just some of the guys that wear Fox Racing. Check it out, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Fox, man, they... Uh, this next next guest he they wore he wore fox for a little while there uh welcome to the show factory phil lawrence thanks i appreciate it mathis uh pleasure to be here yeah th- thank you for uh uh doing this you've been on the list for a while to do this and uh you did wear fox for a while so this ties in nicely i did you know fox was um man when i was an amateur i was always a, a huge fan of fox it was always my favorite and um for a while there, I was able to wear it. Yeah, I was so pumped because I've always thought it was the best. Not only were you able to wear it, but you were the model in their catalogs. It was all factory fill for a while, their catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all me, but right. I made it in there a couple times. Yeah, hey, thanks for thanks again for doing this. We're going to try not to talk about Great Western Bank too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, you're, you're, probably, you're probably tired of that at this point. Yeah, that's all right. It's uh, whatever, whatever. I'm good with it. Um, so what is Factory Phil Lawrence doing these days? What's going on? Well, when I retired from racing, um, it was probably about 14, 14 years ago. That that just sounds incredible when I say it. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I was fortunate enough to uh, have a guy offer me a job. It was in the lot sweeping. Lot sweeping is like a street sweeper, but parking lots. Yeah. I pretty much just pick up trash. That's what I do. <laughs> and um, I've been doing it for about 12 years now, and uh-huh. I, I'm just so thankful that um, that I got doing that because yeah. I, I wouldn't pick anything else. It's it's uh, done me well, and um, I have time to spend with my family. I can pay the bills, and uh, things are good. Things are real good. Um yeah, well, that's good. It's uh, it's nice to see. Did you have, when you stopped racing, and it happens to a lot of guys, did you have some dark days or some times where you were like, what do I do now? Like, was, Did you have any issues like that, or was it all right? Well, I think it, that happened before I stopped racing. <laughs> okay, you know, right. my, my, my probably last uh, three, I would probably say three years of my racing, you know, it was, it was tough. It was so difficult for me to um, – Go to the races. I wasn't on good equipment, 
and I was partying at that time, so my results were hor- horrible, and, um, you know, people were seeing that. You know, they knew what I was doing, and, you know, it's just a, not a happy, not a clean life, man. It was horrible. So, oh, you know, I yeah. still tried to go and compete, but, no, it wasn't a good time. So, right. actually, when I did finally quit and step away, it was a relief for me. Really? Huh? It was, it was a relief. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't depressing. It was a release. That, that's, uh, that's it, it was, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's how I felt. It was a weight off my shoulders. Because oh. I wasn't right, you yeah. know? I mean, the last couple of years of my racing, I wasn't doing it right. right you know, right. to compete at the top level, you have to do it right. If you're not going to do it right, you're not going to be there. And it's going to be miserable for you. I don't care who you are. Ask Dogger. Dogger <laughs> was the baddest. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've, uh, Dogger's pretty open about like kind of stuff he went through, and oh my god, it was so gnarly that he was even able to win some races here and there with some Isn't of the stuff. Incredible, that he yeah. Was doing. That's how gnarly the guy was. So right, talented, right? So good on a dirt bike. I, I'm open too. You know, I don't have any issues. Um, you know, letting people how letting people know how it was and right. uh, what I've done and. You know, I made a lot of mistakes, but you know I've learned from them, and uh, I'm walking clean and moving forward now, and I'm I'm so thankful for that. When you quit, look, you had a you know you, you had a pretty successful career. Never got to the ultimate top level, but still a career that many many people would gladly take. Did you have any money left over, or was it was it gone? <laughs> oh, I I would say I spent all my money. I mean, it took me it took me a handful of years to go through it all. But, yeah. You know, yeah. cause when I was done, I was done. I didn't have a job. I didn't even graduate high school Right. at that point. You know, since then I've gone back, I've graduated, but, um, high school and that's right. it. But right. at that point I didn't graduate high school and I, I didn't have a job and, um, I was really just partying and, um, yeah, yeah I, I went through all my money and I was pretty much, okay, well now what do I do? I don't, I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't even have a, a diploma, a high school diploma yeah. and I'm broke. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. So I was, I was pretty much at the bottom. I, you know, I, I know what it's like to be there. So, um, the uh, and well, if you hadn't been doing some bad stuff, at least, at least, uh, your career, you had earned some money, which is good because, like I said, you never were top factory guy, but you certainly placed top ten so many times and top fives. It's nice to see you had you made a little bit of money, even though you weren't in the glory days of moto back then either. You know. Right. No, I, I, I made, I made good money. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I made decent money, you know, and, um, I think the biggest thing besides the money, you know, I was able to live well yeah. off what I was doing. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing to me, I, I look back and the experiences that I've had, I mean, you can't pay for the, for the experiences that I've had <laughs> right, in right. my life. I mean, no matter how much money you, you have, you can't pay for yeah. the stuff that I got to see and do, you know, right. at one point, I was just thinking the other day, talking to a friend of mine, at one point, um, I beat all the best in the world. There's none of the best in my era that I haven't actually yeah. beat, caught, passed, and beat. You yeah. know, so, yeah. so so I could ride a motorcycle pretty good. Uh-huh. I wasn't the very best consistently. Um, I had my moments and up and down. But, you know, I'm thankful. Everybody wants to do better than they did in the past. Oh, if I could have just did this. Right, you know? right. Kevin Wyndham would say that. Right. You know, and is that unbelievable? A guy like Kevin Wyndham saying, oh, yeah. I wish I could have did better and done that. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> right, You're right. incredible. You're like a legend. Well, even though. You know, so I, I just think that's human nature. Everybody just wants more. 
Yeah, even, you know, David Villeman comes up and does the Pulp Mech show with me. Uh, and uh, he's always downplaying his career, and I didn't do this. And I, I'm like, dude, Carmichael, McGrath, Pastrano, Wyndham, Reed, Stewart, you beat them all at one point or another. All of like, them. Yeah, yep. like all it, of them. Which is phenomenal, you know, so he never gives himself yep. enough credit. But, um, well, it's good to hear. Well, well I, yeah. think that, I think that's a huge, you know, we're talking about that, and I think that's a huge difference in people's attitudes and the way you look at things. Yeah. Like, he's so unsatisfied with how he did, and I'm so satisfied with how I did. I'm content, <laughs> right, happy, right. I can leave it. And he was better than I was. Right, right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. But I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't have those desires and wants and wishes. Yeah. You know, those are off my plate, you know, off my shoulders. And, you know, Vilma, it sounds like he still has those. So it's like, I, I don't I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I, and I'm with you in a sense, and I never got to experience, you know, half of what you did. But just being a, you know, a mechanic slash media guy, dude, I've traveled all over the world watching motorcycle races. And not, not, not on my own dime. Like, people have been paying me, you know? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. People paid you. You know, it's always <laughs> right. funny to me. You know, somebody said, oh, I got to go to Europe, and, you know, they're boasting, right. oh, I, I did this, I did that, and I did that. I said, and I always say, yeah, but did they pay you to do it, or did <laughs> right. you have to pay? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. So, yeah, Mathis, I, I see you everywhere. I used to, you know. And, yeah. yeah right. and you were getting paid to do the same thing I was. Yeah, I was just this, you you know? I was just this guy from Canada, you know what I mean? It was crazy. Exactly, like, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of that, what uh, going to Europe, you did it a ton. Uh, what's the most you ever got from from a trip? Like, who who, who what's the most you ever got for going to Europe for a weekend? I don't know. For me, probably one night, I probably made the most, probably fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah in between I mean, ten and twenty grand. Right, but right. I mean, dude, that's huge. Oh, yeah, you know, right, right. you know, even today, I mean, uh, if I can make fifteen grand in one day, <laughs> show me where to go do it. Right, you right. know, I will. I will clean any lot you want. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I will. I will take my lot sweeper and do whatever you want me to do. Fifteen grand. Um, hey, let's let's uh, let's jump in the time machine a little bit and go back to the beginning of your career because I got to say I'm not that familiar with you as an amateur. Now I was I was a kid reading the magazines in Canada, so you know I wasn't on the tip of this stuff. But did you have like a successful amateur career? Were you a Loretta's winner and all that? Like, pardon my ignorance, but. I don't remember. No, no, yeah. no, no problem. No, I wasn't. I know I was big on eighties, and yeah. I rode a Yamaha, and um, you know, I would get lucky if I would get a fifth place or whatever. And uh, I did well in when I moved up into the intermediate class. Mm-hmm. Um, I never won. Loretta's, I probably won a moto. Yeah. Loretta's, that's it. Ryan Hughes and McGrath, and you know, those guys would would beat me when we when we got to the amateur nationals you know yeah. when they when we first moved up i would beat them but mm-hmm. you know they got good and um i probably have three world mini titles and that's it right. as an amateur I, I never you know i was always there but kind of like in the pro ranks i was always there but never yeah. at the very very top never was like uh emig or right. who who else was at the top Larocco. yeah I, I never i never got that far when uh when you were how uh, how long have you known? Obviously, there was there was you and your brother, and uh, the Albrecht brothers, and MC and Rhino, this real tight pack of SoCal yep. kids. When yep. did you start n- hanging out with those guys? Like, how long have you known McGrath and Rhino for? Like, was it? Um, well, Jeremy and Joel Albrecht. I think I met 
pretty much at my first race, 1984. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I met two brothers in one of my race in the novice class or beginner class. I forget which uh-huh. one, but I was tight with them. Rhino, I probably met in 86 or 87. And uh, McGrath, about the same time, maybe yeah. a little after. It's crazy that, that you know, you and McGrath and, and even um, Joe Albrecht was, had a decent career, like, until he got hurt or whatever. He was fast. Yeah, and, he did when he got hurt right. at Mammoth. Yeah, he was, he was a fast, fast kid. Um, he, he won a lot of amateur nationals. Right, right. And um, and so it's crazy that these kids you meet in 84, 85, 86, in, 2000, in 1999, you're still racing them. 2000, you're still racing them. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's incredible. And we've been through a lot together. I, I know those guys, you know, the traveled the world with, yeah. with those guys and I, I've seen I, I've when, seen them when um, and so I've seen them do things on and off the track that <laughs> you know like, <laughs> right, right. You, you know, uh, on the track, you know, you know, when I'm racing with them I see yeah. you know, I see them do things and I've traveled with them and we've done some crazy things and um you know, like I said, you can't pay for the stuff that I got to experience. And, yeah. and you know, I thank God for that. And, and I do, um, I've learned from it. And uh, I think I understand how life works a little more yep. than I did in the past. Did you, uh, did you ever see, you know, in 1988 or 89, MCs on a Cowie, did you ever see 72 wins and seven Supercross titles? No, absolutely not. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. he wasn't he wasn't the guy. Ryan Hughes and actually Chad Pedersen was the guy. Really? Swap when was we swap, swap Oh was the yeah, guy. Chad Pedersen, he's won like eleven amateur titles titles every year. It was not just a, over his career, like every year he'd <laughs> right, win them right, all. Right. He would beat us all all the time. That's crazy. Yeah. He would beat and he'd beat all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Rhino was actually a harder charger, still is. Right. And uh, McGrath, McGrath right. was just one thing about Jeremy. He he he's level headed, uh-huh. and he has a solid foundation. Like his foundation, like his family, right. his you know his mentality on how he thinks of things. The guy can focus and execute like nobody else. You know, so right. you know, young punk kids, you don't ever think about that. Yeah, like you know. But now that I look back and see him and talk to him, still his friend, you, you know that right. that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Did uh, how many fights over or under ten fights did you have with Rhino over the years? You're one of your good friends. <laughs> oh, like off the track? Yeah, just you know he he or oh or, yeah we yeah we <laughs> play basketball and you know Rhino uh, he's definitely he's uh, an aggressive person. Oh, he's intense. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. it's funny when I talk to, um, MC or, uh, I don't know if Rhino, uh, Jeremy Albrecht told me this, um, uh, a lot of people thought that you maybe had left some wins on the table, uh, your talent, everyone has a lot of respect and, uh, talks highly of your talent on a dirt bike. And certainly let's face it. Hey, you got second in one twenty five series. You got a fourth in one twenty five supercross, a fourth in two fifty supercross. So it's not like you didn't have a great career, but do you think that, at times, you, you could have maybe, with some better focus or something, you could have grabbed some wins? Oh, yeah. I, I Well, I want to say I know for a fact, but, yeah, right. you know, I just look back and I see how I approached actually racing uh-huh. and how wrong it is to, to go do that. You know, <laughs> right, I just right, want right. it, really. I just, 
you know, just, yeah. I'm going to go as fast as I can, you know, then that's it. Yeah. And that's, you know, I didn't, I didn't rely on my homework. I didn't rely on, um, my ability. I didn't rely on any of that. I just, I'm going for, I'm going as fast as I can watch this, <laughs> you know, right, really. Right, right, I mean, that's right. what it was like. Right. So, and, um, you know, I think about different races and stuff and yeah, I, I think I definitely could have won races. Uh, I, I believe that. Um, 80, 1990, your first year, uh, pro, well, you raced some races in 89, according to the Racer X vault. Were you, uh, you were a Yamaha guy. Were you getting some help from Yamaha back then? Yep. Amateur yep. program. Mike Guerra at the time was <clears throat> the amateur, uh, program yep. charge of Yamaha. And yeah, yeah. He helped me. And, and then, actually, and I think it was in 1990, I flew back to Damon Bradshaw's house and he was my hero. Right, and I got right. to stay at his house for a couple of weeks and raced Axton, Virginia, and Charlotte Supercross. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a what an experience that was. I mean, uh, Bradshaw was my hero, and he's still my favorite guy of all time. You know? Yeah, how crazy is that? <laughs> Looking so, back, Bradshaw was bad dudes. Was so he? Bad. Uh, he's a few years older than you, obviously. He's maybe two, three, four years older. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, probably the same age. Probably a year older. Yeah, that's true. He did make a pro debut when he was he was sixteen and eighty eight. So yeah, actually, yeah, he would have been maybe around the same age. So yep. even though he was the same age, you looked up to him. He was your hero. <laughs> oh yeah, he yeah. was bad. Um, uh, so what made you switch to Cowie's uh, for ninety one? Did you just get a better, better offer? Um, I think Cowie offered me a good program. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, I felt good on those bikes. I rode them. And I, you know, change. I think change can be good. Uh-huh. Just for the sake of change, it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting, yeah, and um, a little motivation, I think, and uh, that was good for me because I rode Yamaha's my whole amateur career. Oh, did you? Okay, I I actually won some good races that year. I think I did. Yep. Um. So and then yeah, Kawasaki, you uh, you had a pretty good season in '91. You're starting to get the hang of uh, some outdoor nationals too that weren't bad, but you're starting to get the hang of Supercross. And I think throughout your career, you were better at Supercross than Motocross. Why do you think that was? Man, it sure seems like it, huh? <laughs> right. But, Look at your results, definitely. But yeah, well, I don't know because you know when I would go ride, I I necessarily wouldn't pound laps uh-huh. and motos and stuff. When I'd go ride, I'd go play in the hills and I'd go find jumps. Right. And that's all I used to do all day long. Find <laughs> jumps. Find jumps. Find jumps. Hey, look at this one. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. So I was comfortable jumping. Ah. Uh, you know. So 92 comes and you switch to Suzuki. You're, you were one of those guys, and Denny Stevenson was the same kind of guy before you swink, the same guy. Um, I want to say maybe even Kehoe and Holland. Like which were earlier earlier than that, like Suzuki at one time had a lot of kids come under their team, pay them you know whatever twenty grand and give them a, give them a bike and, but their bikes weren't that good, but it was a ride. So how how bad were the Suzukis back then, or were they okay for you? Man, I thought my bikes were good. <laughs> okay. Were were, yep. <laughs> were they not? Well, Mitch did my bikes okay. in ninety two. Mitch did my bikes. Yeah. Um, and then 93, I had a factory bike and that thing ripped. Yeah. I couldn't see, you know, maybe Mitch's cowies were a little faster, but man, that thing sure seemed like it it was Uh competitive. You, uh, so you were a factory guy in 93? Yes. Okay. I wasn't, I was always not sure like whether you were a support guy, but you were full, full factory deal. Yep. Yep. Um, 93 and 94. And 93, you got second to Gaddis, 125 West Series. Yep. 
What yeah. do you what do you look back on at that? Uh, There's definitely Gaddis's win was pretty unlikely. Like, if you look at your uh, results, you got uh, an eighth in Texas, which probably maybe could hurt you in, as far as the title goes. Uh, yep, Grayson Goodman, Goodman knocked me down on the first lap. And then so uh, I got an eight there, and then San Jose, I think it was. You got a seventh in San Jose, yeah. Yep. Well, so I fell on the first lap and broke my clutch lever off. Oh, okay. So, and I came back and got seventh. It says seventh, huh? Yeah. yeah I didn't know what I came back to get. Yeah, right. with no clutch. So those two rounds uh, hurt me. Yeah, I lost the championship because of those rounds. Yeah, you lost by, uh, well, I'm not really, 15 points to Gaddis. So. Um, oh, there you go. Who was your teammates? Huffman would have been one, Damon Huffman. Um, Damon Huffman, Brian Sweeney, okay. Chicken. Oh, Chicken. Oh. Chicken was 94, maybe. Ezra Lusk. Yeah. You were looking at Guy, Guy Cooper. Oh, how was Coop as a teammate? Was he cool? Yeah, he was totally cool. Yeah, he was, yeah he's a wild man. <laughs> uh, he's helping out Jimmy Albertson nowadays, and Albertson tells him that the only advice he ever gives him is to, to go out and whip it. That's the only advice <laughs> Cooper gives him. Um yeah, so you're you're a kid sitting there looking at Swink and uh, Chicken and going with your eyes just wide open like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, Swinkster was a bad dude. He was the baddest. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. I'm, MC told me one time that back in the day, if he wanted to jump something, he would watch Brian, which is crazy. Right, yep. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> p- part of uh, part of maybe something that hurt you was you were such a big guy that your 125 stuff. I mean, you just couldn't stay there for long, right? Especially outdoors. Had to been just uh, a... I think that hurt me everywhere, you know, <laughs> right, because right. a lot of the tracks get ruddy. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I should say I think that hurt my whole career, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the tracks get ruddy, and when you get a tall guy on a ruddy track, it's so much more work. You have to lift your long leg up more, and yeah. you're worried about your big old feet grabbing the edges of ruts. And right. It's just, it seems like it would be, it, it's more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two years at Suzuki as a factory Suzuki guy. Uh, let me guess. I'm guessing your salary is about twenty five grand. Um, I think it was forty. Oh, okay, it seemed like it. for a big time. See, big oh yeah, time. yeah, yeah. No, it seemed like Suzuki gave a bunch of dudes twenty five grand for many years. Well, twenty five right. guys. So, um, and then two fifty outdoors. They actually, I remember at one point, geez, didn't you get a second at Gainesville or something at one time? Yeah, I got third. Third at Gainesville. Right. Pretty good. Like. Yeah, I was pumped. It was a real <laughs> good ride for me. But around this time, you're starting to see MC become McGrath and start racking up Supercross wins, and um, yeah, had to have been was it a little at times frustrating, or t- were you like, I don't want to say pissed off, but were you like, hey, that, I used to beat that guy, like was that? Ever? Well, of course you're jealous. Yeah, of course you're jealous. You're bit. envious. Yep. You know, you're right. you want to do it, but you just can't because you don't know how. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. So, um, you know, that's that's the way it is. You're envious. You're jealous and. But he's still your friend, so it's yeah. a difficult situation. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's almost like a little bit of a rat pack of SoCal uh, motocrossers back then. Like when did Emig, yeah, it was when wasn't it? it? Yeah. yeah, when did it Emig, was. When did Emig join the crowd? He moved about full time. <clears throat> um, man, I, what year was that? Uh, I don't even know what year he came yeah. out. Yeah, here. but he fit in with all you guys right away. Yeah, he fit in. I mean, he didn't hang out at first a whole bunch, but right. but he did um, later. I don't think him and Jeremy ever hung out a whole bunch. 
Well, this is that's what that goes to my next question, Phil. So I've heard many times <laughs> I've heard many times about the MC and Emig rivalry, and obviously that yeah, it goes back a long way. And but what if you, I imagine that you, Factory Phil, maybe one of the nicest guys around, easy going, laid back. How did you choose who to go who to go out with on Saturday night after the race, Emig or MC? Because <laughs> you couldn't do both. Couldn't go to both parties. <laughs> well, honestly, towards the end of my racing, I, I would, you know, Emig became a, you know, one of my best friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, I would hang out with Jeff quite a bit. We okay. had a lot of fun together. I can tell you that uh, we've I done bet. a lot of stuff. <laughs> I and bet. Um, you know, we even even we get together today and we say, "Hey, remember that time?" <laughs> and just kind of laugh and shake our heads. Uh, uh, you know, man. but I do that yep. with Jeremy too. So right, well, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, you've been you, know, so. you were friends with everybody. You know, I don't I don't think I've ever heard anybody say a bad word about Factory Phil all these years. You know, like yeah, maybe that could have been a problem when I was racing against him. Right, yeah, that's <laughs> it. You should have been meaner. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was I was I was definitely about fun. Yeah. You know, and that was my mentality back then. But you know what? It's like, what if I would have won five races? Right. You know, and didn't have all that fun and didn't understand what life's about and mm-hmm. what it's what it really is worth. You know, I, I'll trade what I did, you know, right. for five race wins. I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, BTOsports.com. Proud sponsors of the uh, BTO Sports KTM team. Uh, they got OEM parts now, people. Carry them. They carry them. Take a look. Use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money. Uh, anything you need for your bike or body, BTO Sports has it for you. And, of course, Fox Racing, Dungey, Roxon, among others that wear Fox Racing. Check out foxhead.com or visit your local, local authorized Fox dealer for uh, Instinct Boot V4 helmet and yada, yada, yada. Also, too, Race Tech. Use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself some money. Uh, listen to this Race Tech commercial if you need suspension work done. Check them out. The Privateer's Choice, Race Tech. Thank you. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lee, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech suspension, and they've been along, around a long time. And their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike. And use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the Do It Yourself Gold Valve Kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, well, 94, so Suzuki, you're done with Suzuki. What happens to you for you to get dropped or do you get hurt or how does that go? Well, the problem, they were testing a dual ignition and it kept cutting out mm-hmm. and um in houston houston on press day it cut out and i ripped both uh both my knees apart uh. and i'm actually the weekend before in orlando it was the weekend before it cut out over a triple 
I jumped off my bike, bruised my heels. Uh-huh. I told them to take it off, and they said they did. And um, the next day, or the next, the next week, yeah. it was pressed at, at uh, Houston, and I jumped on to jump off, and it cut out. And uh, I tried to throw the bike and rip both my knees apart. So I was done for probably about four months. Yep. Came back to Southwick. Yeah, I think I did well. I got a fourth in the first moto. Uh-huh. And the second moto broke my collarbone. and I was just hurt all year. And yep. then Suzuki said, oh, I'm done with you. That was so, it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it took a year or two to rebuild. 94, 95, you know, I rode and I didn't do well. But were you, uh... I stayed out there all year and I improved. And then 96 came around and and uh, I was good. Were you uh, a privateer in 95? Just, just... I was privateer in 95, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. Oh, that was the... Um, that's Dave Feeney year. 42 on a Cowie. Dave Feeney. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I remember that year. Because I was starting to become a mechanic around that time. So Nice. Um, I remember that, yeah. You I remember a... you from way back. Oh, yeah, Phil. Um, I remember... Um, in a uh, in a suite in Vegas one time, and you were up there, and you were just like, um, how did you get in here? Because it was like a lot of heavy hitters, like a lot of quality riders in this in this party. And I swink had gotten me in, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a greaseball mechanic. I was working for Birdwell, but I got in. And you were like, right on. <laughs> did I really say that? You did. Yeah, it's funny. You should have just grabbed me by the neck and choked me. Oh, come on, Phil. You were right. <laughs> you were totally right. I was out of my league. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I out of my know. tax bracket and my and my league. Um, so '96 is the definitely. I mean, we had the the Pulp MX show 100th anniversary, Great Western Bank. You couldn't make it up here, but you made an appearance on the phone, and you just killed it that year. Your team, by all accounts, you, your team was a shit show. You didn't get any checks. Your truck broke at some point. You were, ended the year in a box van. Danny quit uh, at some point. Mechanics all wanted to kill each other. But actually, in all of that, Phil, uh, you got fourth at the opener, I think, in Orlando. No, I got second, second at the opener. That's what I meant, second. And you got fourth overall in the points, full privateer, Great Western Bank. I, without a doubt, your best season, huh? That was my best season in the in the, uh, in the big bikes, yep. So why yep. do you think so? And I had some good races that year. I rode really well, but, you, you know, I didn't know I rode well, though. What do you, you mean? Know, it, it, it's weird because I'm telling you, my my approach to racing was right. God, it was just so funny or <laughs> or, or so wrong, I should say. Right, you know, right. I'm lucky I did that. Right. You, uh, yeah. So you just it. There wasn't anything you changed or anything. It just came. You were happy and and you did well. Is that really what it boils down to? I was comfortable with my bike. Yeah. And um. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, for a full year, I didn't get hurt. And I, and I worked hard. I mean, I, I rode, I worked hard. Yeah. I rode a lot and I was trying to go fast and I was trying real hard to go fast. And, um, and I did, I went fast a, a whole bunch of times that year. Yeah. Yeah. You did well. I don't know how many podiums you got, but again, for your team you were on and, you know, and, and your bike was just, you know, Enzo bike pro circuit or whatever, like wasn't a factory bike, probably weighed. 10 pounds, 15 pounds more than everybody else around you. Um, you just killed it. Yeah, I felt good. Well, you you mentioned the Enzo suspension. I'm telling you, that, that was the best suspension ever. It worked so good back then. And yeah, yeah. I was able to do stuff, hit stuff however I wanted. Mm-hmm. It worked. It worked well. Uh, at the end, and you did good in the outdoors, too. I don't remember what you ended up overall, but you had, you had some great races. I know you got podium at Millville, I think. and. Um, was there any interest in in something else for you? 
Like any any teams uh, sniffing around? Not really. Really? No. Nothing, huh? Not really. Uh, yeah, we, it, yeah, not really. Surprising, That's, you know. And, right, and then I rode right. for Chaparral yeah. the next year, yep. and my bike was... Uh, actually, Dean, he works for 2-2 Motorsports now, yeah. Dean Gibson. Yeah. His real name is Mike, by the way. It Michael. is? What? It is? Oh, yeah. His real name is Michael. I, I, you're blowing me away right now. What? Yep. So what happened, my first day in high school, in Beaumont High School, uh-huh. I met him in auto shop. His name is Michael Gibson. And I said, no, dude, you look like a dean. And he would always say, oh, yeah, whatever, don't say that. Right. It'll never stand. So I've called him Dean ever since, and now uh, he tells everybody his name's Dean. And... He's, he's, <laughs> he's been Dino from Bambino from San Bernardino forever. Yeah, that's not his name. His name is Michael. <clears throat> Who knew? Factory failure. You, you gave I'm tell, When I see him this weekend, I am going to tell him that. I'm going to tell him do I, learned, it, I learned it. something. Hey, I'm telling you, he knew nothing about dirt bikes. I took him riding one time, and they said, hey, watch me do this jump. Yeah, yeah. And I was just kidding, acting like a squid, a squid just cruising off of it. Right, and right. And then I hit it hard, and he was like, oh, I thought you were like, what are you doing? Yeah. He didn't really know what to expect. Right, right. I, yeah, in fact, worked at Factory Honda for a long time, and yeah, was your mechanic for many years. Um, yeah. So Chaparral team, yeah, they hired you and Button. Uh, LB Lawrence or LB uh, Larry Brooks was the manager. Um, yeah. Yeah, just didn't like the bikes. Didn't like the bikes. No. 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 Um, <clears throat> didn't work well. Not a good year for me. Uh, Button didn't have a good year either, and he and that was what my first job was on that PJ one team, and he had done pretty well, and then Chaparral snags both you and Jimmy, and, and yeah, both you guys seem to. Didn't have the same magic as the year before. No, and then he and then but got a factory ride the next year, right? Yeah, Yamaha. Yeah. No, no. The next yeah. year was he stayed at Chaparral. The next year, rode one twenty five, and then he got a factory ride. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, because oh. that's when Jeremy went to Chaparral. Right. Yes, yeah, Jeremy went. And then in they that. had good bikes. Right. 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 Yeah. Did you? Uh, I appreciate that. I heard you butt heads with with Larry a little bit back then. Did you? Was there was there more to no, that or not? not really? Larry's no. always been cool to me. I was frustrated because my bikes were horrible, but right. You know, no. Larry's always been cool. Okay. I, you know, Larry and myself have always got along really well. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to '96, Orlando comes. Uh, Castillo, Stevenson, Budman. How much fun did you have that year? Just, I mean, how, what was the, it just seemed like you guys were, you were flying on Castillo's jet. It was yeah. just, it was just nuts, right? You guys were having a, a good time. Yeah, we had a great, great time, you know. It, well, of course, Danny wants to have fun and Budman <laughs> did too. And right. Castillo and myself, yeah, we had a great time. We definitely made it happen. Um, and Budman got fourth overall. We're talking about nationals that year too. So yeah, he, he, he did great. Right, yeah, he right. did real good. Budman's a great rider. Oh, man, that team! If only the walls yeah. of those pri- the private jet could talk. Factory Phil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we we had a lot of fun. Did you? But coming off '96, signing with Chaparral, was that maybe the most money you'd made all in your career? Because you had to have gotten some pretty good coin, right? Yeah, I think I think I did. That probably is the most money I made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, yeah. Uh, best race you ever had in Europe? What uh, was there one that stands out? Did you have a? 
Well, I won Geneva one year. Okay. I beat Rancada and I de- beat David Gilman. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and you know he was the hero over there, so I won that one year, and um, know that, and I got second in Geneva. Did uh-huh. I say I won Geneva? I won. I think it was. I, I won a race in Switzerland. Oh, I, yeah? I don't know which one it is. Right, right. Yeah, what it's called, and I got second in Geneva. Right. And um, I did well in Paris a couple of times. Yeah, I, I did good over there sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I did. Right. Um, and those, those are the days where you'd be gone for like a month, huh? month or two, traveling Europe? Um, no, I would only fly over for the weekend. Oh, really? I thought you guys would always you know, stay back one... and hit, hit a bunch of races. No? No, no. Only one time I went over and stayed um, stayed for a week or so, and that's about right. it. So 97, Chaparral, no good. 98, you're on Ducati, right? I don't even know if that was a full ride or not, but... Ducati, no. I was just, um, I think, 98, that was Ducati. Yeah, yeah, where you uh, just kind of, well, you're getting near the end, 99-year-old for Triple X with Watson. Yep, yep. Um, So, um, yeah, Triple X and Kenny Watson. Yeah. up. (laughs) Still still there to this day. Yeah, you know, every time I get a chance to tell everybody, I feel sorry for the guy, because that's about the time where I was um, just... uh, you know, partying and yeah. not, you know, not being a racer, you know, not being a racer. And, right. um, you know, he was giving it an effort and I wasn't. And mm-hmm. uh, he, I feel like I cheated him, really. Well, he started, I think he told the story about how he just started putting grips and graphics on about halfway through the series. <laughs> and that's all I deserved, really. <laughs> but it was so crazy. Fine. Hey, but it was crazy. You're talking about, uh, you know, you were partying or whatever and you weren't focused. You were still in the running for top privateer that year because I was working for Red Dog and... We had to battle you for top privateer. So, like, did you really? Well, I think I, I mean I think you were a little ways back, but you were second or third best privateer that year. You know, like right. like it wasn't as terrible as what you're making it out to be. You were still a main event guy, and you were still you know flirting with the top ten. So yeah, but but when you go from almost winning heat races and winning right. semis, and you know having no problem getting into the main event, to yep. all of a sudden having to try very hard to get into the main event. <laughs> right, That's right, a big difference. Right, right. And no top tens and, you know, and mm-hmm. you're on your way down, you know. You're not yeah. on your way up anymore. You're on your way down. People are beating you that should have never, you you know, that yeah. you never even think about before. So it gets discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, asked... you're like, oh, this is not fun. <laughs> right, yeah, you're at this point. You're like, wait a minute. Um... Yeah, what am I doing? Be your best race in America? Maybe, maybe the Orlando one, or was there was there another one? The best race in America, yeah, single for, race for huh? you. Yeah, what do you think? Was there one that stands out over all these <clears throat> cotton past MC at some point, or anything like that? Well, man, I, I don't know. I, I I could I would have to say my best race probably wasn't one that were in the AMA Supercross or Motocross. Okay, I mean, what was it? I've had some good races, maybe the Paris Invitational here in California, or, you know, the, the winner gets 10 grand. Okay, yeah. Bradshaw, it was the week before Orlando Supercross, actually, in 96. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I won that. That was good. And um, I remember when I was, um, I think it was 91, actually, I just signed with Cowie. Mm-hmm. Um, their amateur program, and Donnie Schmidt. You remember Donnie oh, Schmidt? yeah, yeah, yeah. He was world champion at this point. Right. And um, Paris had a, had a big race. It was um, two gatefuls of pros. Yeah. 
and um, and they had qualifiers and then one main event, like 30-minute moto, and Donnie Schmidt was leading. And uh, I came from behind, beat him, and, and beat him by a long ways. Oh, wow. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, you know, that was a one-off race, so that was a good race for me. I've had a lot of great races. They're yeah. not all in the amateur or, or AMA Supercross and Motocross, but right. you know, I look back and there are some great races that I have, that well, I have had. Well, that's why I asked about Europe, because I know you had some great races over there. I know that uh, guys were t- guys have told me at different points, like, oh, man, Factory was on that night, you know? Like, he was just, just unbeatable for whatever night it was, so. Yeah. Um, what about racing in Canada? You did that after Motor Triple X years. You did that for, I don't know if you did it for a whole season or not, but, I mean, me being Canadian and having a lot of Canadian listeners, what did you think of that uh, yeah. experience? I love Canada. I, I, I would like to go back, but not to race, you know, right. just with my family and travel Canada. It was great. Yeah. You know, it, was, it, it, it was at the end of, uh, you know, I was done racing. I went up there for an outdoor season. I actually got hurt halfway through it. I actually won a won a race. Oh, you I think did. Kamloops. Yeah, Kamloops. Kamloops. I won. Yeah, and that's only because uh, Wah. How do you say it? Yeah. Roy John Sebastian yeah. Wah. Yeah, Wah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got disqualified, so I won. Oh yeah. Well, hey, take it though. Take <laughs> it, um, dude. I'm telling you, him and Blair were so fast up there. It was incredible. <laughs> Those guys would go so fast. I I couldn't believe how they were unbelievable. All those guys on their tracks, like even you know nowadays with Fasciati and those guys on their tracks, man, they got confidence. You know, like we talked about earlier, um, like MC. You know, they have confidence. They got a good team, a good bike. They're, yeah, they're fast. Yeah, so fast. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, they rode. They rode well. I had fun up there, so yep. I did well. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a little diversion, right, for you? Like, going, ah, I'll go up, make some money, have some fun. So. Yeah, but, you know, I was on my way down in my career, and I probably was still right. uh, doing the thing I should have been doing at that time. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was struggling in my personal life, right. you know, uh, at that point as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, And now, of course, for people who don't know, you're actually, uh, you and David Pingree are brother-in-laws. I'm at his house right now. You yeah. are? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Go, go figure. Um uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Ping, who I do, you know, comes on Race Rack stuff, and 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 uh, you know, it's funny to see you guys are are, are related now. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty funny yeah. to look back on that. Um, yeah, what was the what was the biggest jump you ever did, Phil? What was the biggest jump you ever did? <clears throat> I would have to say it would have to be in Glamis. Yeah, at some point. I mean, we we jumped some big stuff. Yeah, 180 feet probably. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You uh. You were all over those Triple X videos and crusty, crusty videos and all that, huh? Yeah, crusty. We had some fun with those guys for a while. You, uh, I always think you guys should have got paid for those, by the way. Like, you never probably, you probably like, yeah, cool, right on. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll have some fun. But, man, those guys made a lot of money off those videos, Phil. <laughs> yeah, they did. But at that point, we were, you know, we were making our own money, so we didn't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, videos were new, so, and they would take us out. They would treat us, you know. We'd mm-hmm. have a full weekend where or a week wherever we wanted to go yeah so yeah we'll take you here and let's go do it and have a lot of fun right so you're like oh cool sweet <laughs> yeah well so we did it um the best trip you ever had the funnest trip you ever had is there one that stands out where'd you go racing or doing those films or anything <laughs> where you just uh you had a lot of fun that uh you know you can't talk about but let's say like a lot of fun <laughs> well it, it probably wasn't with like you know filming or anything like that but uh we were in milan oh, okay um 
And uh, we did a race, Bologna, Bologna, Italy, and it was me, Rhino, and Brian Sweet. Uh, Geneva was the next weekend, and we had flights to go back home, and us three decided, hey, let's just stay here and let's just get there somehow. We'll take take a train and taxis, do whatever we have to do. So we did that, and that was such an incredible week. Everything worked so perfect. (laughs) Right, right. You know, getting off buses, on the cabs, and hotels and what yep. a great week that was it was incredible and seeing seeing a different country in a different city you know all that kind of stuff oh cool. yeah. yeah i took a train through the french alps right that was incredible yeah and, and it was awesome did rhino want to fight you at some point over a card game or anything or was that okay <laughs> um over some card game he did get mad at me a whole bunch playing uh, cards. <laughs> oh i bet i bet um it's crazy you guys um, must, you guys must have uh He's such an intense individual. You guys must have so many times just shook your heads and went, oh, that's right. Oh, no, we did fight one night during that trip. Oh, you did? Not a serious fist fight, but we did. it was me, Swink, and Rhino. We had a little <laughs> bit to drink. and um, Yeah, we were acting rowdy and getting on each other. Um, who was the best? I mean, maybe this is an easy question because maybe it's MC, but who was the most talented guy you ever saw ride? I mean, was it maybe was it Bale, Swink, MC, Bradshaw? Like, I get probably not Bradshaw, but you the know, most talented. I yeah, would have like, to say, oh my goodness, right? Um, was there somebody well, MC? I mean, you have to say, I well, I would have to say Bale and Swink. Yeah, Bale and Swink. And, you know, of course you have to say Jeremy. Hey, can you not say that? Yeah, yeah. But I think Jeremy's was more mental. Right. Jeremy was just rock solid, you know. Yeah. And, you know, he's obviously very, very talented. But I would say Bale um, and Swink. Were you buddies? Brian Swink. Someone, I don't know if I heard this. Were you buddies with Bale? Someone told me that you and him got along pretty good. No, no. Oh, okay. No. All right. I think Denny Stevenson was buddies with him. Maybe, maybe it was Denny then. I'm getting a great question. <clears throat> bank members mixed up with each other yeah um uh well hey um what else do i got for you uh oh your best bike your your 96 cali i'm guessing well that thing was stock yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) at the end of the year cali gave me a motor oh they did at the end of the year yeah yep so and i was actually getting starting up front nationals and supercrosses when they did that. Mm-hmm. So that was a great bike, yeah. And I think my 93-125 Suzuki, that was yeah. such a good bike. I can't believe Gaddis beat you, factory. Gaddis. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Gaddis on the on the. Pro I was circuit. such a punk, I'm telling you. I, <laughs> I had no nothing. I was just go fast, I'm the best, I'm just a punk. Right, That's all I was. Right, right, right. He uh, was there to race, you know. You had Mitch talking to him and. Yeah, yeah. No, I had I had I had chicken. Right. right. <laughs> I had chicken and swink guiding me. Uh, uh Gattis had Mitch Payton and the factory Cowie guys. <laughs> yeah, how about that? There you go. Oh god, that's funny. I'm gonna put that in for a noise quote in Racer X. Um <laughs> uh, who was your biggest rival your whole racing career? Did you have one? Did you have a guy that maybe you didn't get along with? Um that you always ended up banging bars with or or maybe somebody that you did get along with, but you just always ended up with them on the track? Um, no, not really. No, no. Um, yeah. What about Supercross now? How much do you get out to them? I see you every now and then. What do you think of Supercross now when you go and sit down in the stands? I, I don't go a whole bunch. I keep I keep tabs on who's winning and what's going on. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's such a great sport, man. These guys are going so fast, and 
and it's just so impressive to watch mm-hmm. the top five guys. It's so impressive. Yeah, but you still follow you the know, results. Yeah, you're still following everything. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to see who's winning and what's going on. Right. Um, but, and my brother, my brother, you know, my brother yeah. is super involved. So yeah, you know, I I care what he does, so I keep tabs on him as well. Yeah, RL working with um, Jake Weimer now, starting this year. Yep, so that's, yep. that's good for him. And uh, hey, what about um, Ping drags you out to those Racer X shootouts every now and then? Uh, bikes. Yeah, are, he does. Bikes are fast. Huh? The new four strokes are fast. This bike I rode was Suzuki 450, and un- unbelievable. The thing's just <clears throat> so much power and torque. Right. Right, right. You have to be in shape to ride them. <laughs> but on, on, on the other hand, they make it easy, too, because you don't got to hit a corner perfect, and you can still jump a tabletop or a double or whatever. You know? Yeah, exactly. Whatever gear you're in, it's fine. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah, I know. It's pretty easy. Do you like it? Do you ride? Do you want to ride more, or are you okay with just ping-dragging you out every now and then? I don't have time to ride more than I do now. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with him taking me out whenever I can. Um, how's your knees and everything now? How's your body after all that years of racing? You okay? Everything's it's good. Yeah. Yep, everything's good. I'm I'm thankful for that. Yeah, yep. especially everything's being, real good. Especially being a taller guy. Um, yep. So what yep. was your what was your worst injury? Probably those knees. Mm, I would say my shoulder at one point. I was off for eight months. Oh one really? Time. Oh okay. Yeah. The do? night Jimmy Button got paralyzed, I fell in the first corner in San Diego and. Uh, Eight months, I was off. San Diego, oh one, right or oh oh yep. two thousand, maybe oh one. I don't yep. know. Yeah. Um, what were you? What were you riding then? I don't remember. Strategic three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Emig. Right, that's right. Uh, Twenty four. Hey, that was a good bike. That was a real good bike. I was on. Yeah, yeah. You had some ca- some. Uh, you had some cool Enzo stuff. I know that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, because Michael Byrne was that that year too. Yep. Fro starts a team and hires his two buddies. Yep. Um, well, yeah. So that was it for the year, though, for you. That's that sucks. That's right. I remember that. That was it for the year. Yeah. yeah. Done. Oh, damn, man. Um, well, Factory Phil, thank you for doing the uh, BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Always uh, appreciate it. Um, good to catch up with you. Good to, for people to hear your voice and hear what you're doing and no regrets and having a good time and running a successful business and all that, man. It's It's awesome that you're doing good. So. Yep, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Mathis. Yeah, no problem, Factory. I'll see, we'll see at the races, or maybe we won't. I don't know. I don't know when I'll see you. But Yeah, I'm thinking about going to San Diego this weekend, but we'll see. All right. We'll see what my family's doing. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see you there, man. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The